Welcome everybody to episode 41 with my good friend Jacques Pierre. This dude is awesome. I'm going to tell you right now that he has an incredible story from server at 19 years old to six figures. He has crushed it in the last, guess what, two years. This dude learns everything about real estate and he does it quickly by absorbing the content around him, getting close to mentors and learning negotiations. You don't want to miss this episode, but I will say this before you start listening, just know that the audio quality on Jacques side was just a hair imperfect, but the content is still good. If you just make it all the way through, even though there's a couple of little audio flaws, there is some golden nuggets once you get all the way through. So thank you for listening to episode 41. Talk to you next week. All right. Welcome Jacques Pierre. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing excellent. I, You know what? I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Been down to Florida in the sunshine, been all over the Southeast looking for Airbnbs, building my long-term rental portfolio, trying to walk away from flipping next year. And I, I'm energized, man. I'm losing weight. feel great. So thanks for asking. Nice, nice. I understand you went from server to six figures at 19. And we're going to talk about that today. So I'm really excited to hear your story. And then also you are the negotiation expert. I've even bought a property from you in the past. We're going to get into this. So I'm doing a wholesale series and you are in the wholesale business and just starting out doing flipping. Uh, mm -hmm. We want to learn all about you and what you're doing. So just give us a little bit of background information, where you've been, where you're at now and where you're going. Okay. All right. Well, currently I'm 21. I'm head of operations uh, for a wholesale operation. Uh, out in Georgia, but pretty much how I got started in this business, right? So started at 19, I learned about it. Um, I was at a really, really down point in my life, actually. I was driving a, a 98 Corolla, working three jobs. I was working at Home Depot with Charlie's, and I was working at Marshall's as well, too. I mean, I, I was like, I was just down bad. I had, I had tried to go to college that year. I had to drop out. Well, I mean, I dropped out after going for three days just because I realized it wasn't for me. It's not saying I'm I'm dumb or anything like that, <laughs> but I, I just realized out after that six months. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just realize that you know there's some there's something else that's calling your name. Like I think it's that that entrepreneurship spirit. There's something else that's just calling my name. So it was something else that was calling my name. I felt like it was real estate, but I just wasn't too sure. I was following this guy named Ricky Gutierrez on YouTube. He was a stock trader, and so. He was describing different ways to make money at, like, cause he was 21 and he's a millionaire as well too. So he's like, I was following for stocks cause I was really big on trying to get into stocks. Cause I figured that would be my way out. Coming from a family of immigrants. I mean, my parents were from Haiti. I grew up in Russian infested apartments. It, most of the stuff that you see that I, anything that I have today or anything that I even had at 18, like I didn't get my first phone until I was 17 cause I had to work up by it. So none of that stuff, like there was never any handouts. Right. right. Um, so I was looking right. for that way out and I figured stocks would be easy money. And then he did a video about like how to get invested into real estate with no money down he had this guy named cody he had broken it down but the way he had broken it down i'll never break down wholesaling to anybody like that ever like ever he's like yeah you can just write on a piece of on mcdonald's napkin about like buying somebody's house and then that i'm like well now i'm actually in the business i know you can't write on mcdonald's napkin trying to buy somebody's house yeah i've, I've yeah. never done that i know so, people do that but... <laughs> crazy. Hey, no, you would have catch his right on a McDonald's napkin. 
so that had kind of like shine shine a light wholesaling, right? But I didn't get into it from there. It wasn't until I met my my mentor. His name is Brandon as well. But pretty what's much, last, I was just on name? Twitter. Uh, his name is Brandon Jones. Yeah, he's based he's based out of Memphis, which is why you see you see me on Twitter often because Twitter is actually what got me to wholesaling and kind of changed my the direction of my life as well too. I met a lot of amazing people through that through the app. But he had posted a check for eighty seven thousand dollars, right? And then I had messaged him all like, "Hey, what do you do?" And he said wholesaling. I was like, "Wow, I've heard of wholesaling, right?" Okay, so here's somebody who's not like a YouTube celebrity that it seems like a normal person and he's actually doing it. So let me talk to him, right? especially he's, he's from Memphis. Right. And, yeah. and so like, and the same skin, like same skin color as well too. And that played a part. And so I was like, you know what, let me just talk to him. And so he taught me pretty much just tell me how to do it. And I mean, every single time he told me something new, I just went out and implemented it. Like literally right. it was like no hesitation. He said driving for dollars next day I was driving. Right. It was no hesitation at all. Yeah. What's your, what's your definition and, of wholesaling? What, what is the definition he gave you? when you were so excited about learning what this was, how he was making money so that you can implement and do the same strategy to make money for yourself. What was that original definition of wholesaling and what is it now? Okay. So the original definition, when I learned about it, it was more so of you have a contract and more so you're just assigning the right, you're just assigning the rights to a contract to purchase that real estate, right? Or you're selling the contract, which are you, I think it was more so like you're being the middleman and you're kind of like being a middleman between the, the buyer and seller as well too, which is brokering and that's completely illegal. But now the definition to me for wholesaling is that I break it down to people in simpler terms that, you know, in, in United States of America, right? If you have agreement to purchase real estate, you're the only person entitled to buy that property, right? In that agreement. So that, that contract becomes very, very valuable. So what you're doing is that you're selling your rights to buy that property, that, that asset, at a, a whatever type of fee as well, too, that you charge as well. Keep going in the story. I think I interrupted you. I just wanted to integrate and uh, I wanted to interrupt to kind of get that definition that sparked you. So keep going with the narrative story. Let's learn more. So I, I learned about it about August 2018. So coming up, it's about two years since I learned about wholesaling, right? And then so continuing, I learned about it started implementing back like in September, like just driving. And then October, I started making, I had all my leads, driving for dollar leads. I, I started making calls, right? So the only thing that had helped me get my first deal so quickly was the fact that I was selling cars at when I was 18. Yeah. So I understood that sales mindset of this business as well too, that the money is in the follow-up, right? The money is being able to negotiate as well too. And so I, I remember my first deal, it was a lady, her house was about like five minutes away from mine, right? In the suburbs. I skip traced her. I called her three times during the week and she never picked up. So I was like, you know what? Let me try on a Saturday. She picked up. I talked I talked to her for a little bit. We like, you know, we laughed and everything like that as well too. But for the most part, she told me, she's like, hey, I'm not interested in selling right now, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I told her how like how I was, I was trying to get in contact with her. She told me she was a teacher between Monday through Friday, which is why she didn't pick up, which is why I tell people that, just because somebody doesn't pick up the first time doesn't mean that you should stop trying as well too. We have a philosophy, the way we run our business is that unless they tell us to go F off mm -hmm. or no, I'm not selling, we're going to try to continue to reach out until they tell us no F off. Um, so she told me no, which was not a problem. I continue to make my calls. But then she had called me back two weeks later and I was caught off guard. And she's like, hey, you remember you had called me about my property? Well, I just had some tenants move out and I don't want to deal with it anymore. 
Like, I think I'm ready to sell, right? So I went on my first appointment. That was kind of nerve-wracking because <laughs> yeah. I was still 19 at the time. I, I did, like, this is my first real estate transaction. Like, like oh, God, right? And you were doing it on your own, too, right? Yeah, I was doing it on my own, too. Yeah. So, like, my, I had my mentor, but he was in Memphis. So it wasn't like he was showing me how to gauge repairs or anything like that. Like, I had to take photos, and I called. I had some contractors. I'm like, hey, do you know how much this might be to fix up or anything like that? But um, I all those well, too, I had a really good buyer as well. That kind of – the buyer actually helped me out, helped me fill out my assignment contract as well, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, jeez. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, he was a real estate broker himself. Gotcha. Gotcha. So – for the most part, uh, I had negotiated with her. I remember I, I made the mistake as well too, which is the we, which is what I tell myself, guys, don't make this mistake when you're talking to her. Like, um, I remember when I was talking to her and I asked her like, hey, like if we buy the house all in cash, I mean we close quickly as well too. I mean, what's the bottom line dollar for you, right? And she was like ninety five thousand, and I was gonna offer her ninety five thousand, and I was like, great. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was actually gonna offer you that, right? And then. One thing about sellers, when you do that, and then we all know as well too that they're like, "Dang, I should have got more money, right?" <laughs> so yeah. she did it in the middle. In the middle of things, she's like, "Ah, she's like, I'm not sure about 95. I think I have to be at like 97, right?" So I, I talk myself out of that extra two grand by being. Oh man. I always tell people that you know, even if somebody, yeah, if somebody throws out a number that works for you. Like, make sure you're kind of hesitant at first. You don't want to make it seem like you're just eager and you're hopping on because a lot of sellers will either ghost you. Or they'll either try to come up on their on our number, try to squeeze you out, squeeze out some more as well too. Yeah, yeah. And then I sold it. I had the property sold for a hundred, and then I made three grand, and that was just all I need. I felt like I felt like it was just a validation there, right? Because yeah. you know I felt I like you're rich. You're rich at yeah, yeah, for three grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, dude. I, I felt I literally felt on top of the world. Dude. I literally felt on top of the world because everybody was doubting me because I was even with um, my ex girlfriend of mine at the time. She was doubting me. She's like, "No, that's not going to work." My family they weren't weren't really supportive of it, and so like dropping out of college when my parents were they expected me to be the one child that go to college because I was actually I'm not gonna say I was smart. I was I'm still smart now, but. In high school, I had a four, I maintained a four point GPA in AP and honors classes as well too. Like my mind doesn't work like most people yeah. uh, assume it does, and so they assumed that I was gonna go to college and become an engineer and stuff like that, which is why like I run the operations now. But yeah. I just, it just proved the point. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I have a similar, I guess, GPA four point oh five. Could have done anything I wanted in school. Everything came easy to me. I didn't have to study and I still made A's. Mm-hmm. I don't cheat. I didn't do anything. I just did my work and then still made A's and 4.05, go to college, whatever. I don't, I'm not, I'm not interested. So after six yeah. months, walk out and I'm trying to, well, we're not going to go into my, my story, but I resonate with, with your story a little bit. So you're 19, you made three grand, you're getting, you're, you're doing a few more deals, flash forward a little bit, you're doing a few more deals independently. I'm, I'm guessing you probably have joint ventured with people over the years. What's going from year one going into year two and three where you're at now, where you own this really big wholesale company here in Atlanta? So as far as like that transition? Yeah. What's the transition? What's the transition? I think we're going to, I want to, I want to hear about the transition and then we go into you being the master negotiator as well. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so as far as the transition goes, you know, Justin, you know, Justin Schiff's my business partner, right? Um, we originally were like planning on um, partnering around um, this time. Well, not this time, but back in March of last year, 
which we were we were actually doing a couple of deals. And then all the thing that happened was I started my own personal rehab uh, fix and flip project that like I did. Me and my friends, we did most of the work on. That was, that was a thing. <laughs> That was a pain in the tail. So I spent three months just working on that. Clearly, I did no wholesaling the entire three months. I just just that. Like, I was Monday through Friday. I mean, mo- I mean Saturday to Sunday, like, literally, like, 70 hours a week. Every single day, I slept there a couple times as well, too. Right. But so that's what I was working on. So that's why, like, we kind of, like, went separate ways as well, too. He did his own thing. I was doing my own thing after that as well. And then we kind of reconnected back in November, December, because he had moved five minutes away from my house he's like come on over and stuff like that so we just started talking again and so we started talking about everything again about like how like we were really good together and stuff and Mm -hmm. so that's when we made the decision okay like you know let's go ahead and start hustling again and then we know we make sure like you know and we hustle well together so then now i I, now it's at a point like justin's like an older brother to me at this Mm -hmm. point but so then we just kind of merged together and then he had a connection with preston coward as well too and so i said a funny story, Preston never liked me at first. <laughs> I know, he, he, he loves me now, he loves me now, but like, at first it wasn't, that was because of something else that had happened as well too. Another another wholesaler had did some shady stuff and then it was a bad deal. Like that's why like there's, there's some people who just aren't like honest in this business and that, yeah. that right there is just like, that's my pet peeve. I'm big, I'm big on integrity, but I'm also bigger on your word is your bond as well too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that, that is, that is integrity. I mean, that's, you give your word on something. I mean, unless there is proof that you just can't manifest it and you've done everything to be good communication with the other person you made that commitment to your word is everything got to adhere to it. I mean, you're a good name is better than riches. Like the Bible says. So. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. No, it's a hundred percent. And it, it just goes so much longer in my business in my, in my opinion as well too. Cause me personally, I'll always think about the long, the, I, I look at the bigger picture and I always look at the long game as well too. Right. But so from there, we were just in talks for a little bit about like principal partnerships for the most part in January and February. It was just me and, me and Justin just hustling, um, which we're still doing doing really good as, as well, too. Then in March, we made an official partnership between all three of us as well. Opened up an office here in Ackworth as well. So I spent that entire March just getting the entire operation set up from point to point, point D, which we're still, we're still working on a couple. There's still, there's no, it's never going to be complete, right? There's no, no, like, but it's always because we're all constantly tweaking, but we're in a way better spot than we were when we first started. It makes me, because one of my biggest goals was to have an operation, but then also to help change the future and direction of somebody else life as well too so even with the people that we hire if you look in our office right now it's literally all young guys and they're all minorities like i'm not, I'm not i don't discriminate like i don't discriminate at all mm-hmm. but that's just the people who applied let's switch gears a little bit you know I've, i've bought a property with you and i know the story of the little old lady and then you know we did have integrity on the line i i realized that i was getting into i wouldn't say a crap box but a um not a good deal as I thought it was originally, and uh, yeah, I worked with you on it, and we we worked it out, mm-hmm. and we got the lady to move. And I, from what I understand, all the stories, this lady specifically had contracts with many many other people before you, and then myself. What was it that made you work that deal well in her eyes uh, when everybody else failed? So I think it was more so of just being focused on 
ever since even since that deal so i've like i've learned so much more about negotiations way so much so much more like i mean we'll get into like if you hear me on the phone now i'm a psychologist on the phone like it's (laughs) (laughs) and 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 justin will justin will vouch for it he's gonna be he's gonna be talk talk host i mean sellers down 25 30 grand just like that right yeah and it was like and so but at at the point, it wasn't even like I didn't realize. I think it was more so my from the car sales side of things, but it was just me kind of recognizing what her personality was as well too. So some people, I think one of the biggest things as well too is to always recognize the type of personality that you're talking to. Me personally, when we when we go over sales and I teach my guys, I tell them that there's four different types of personalities. There's a very direct aggressive person they're hey like don't waste my time they're usually go-getters they're usually entrepreneurs they're usually sales leaders or anything like that like in in a sense as well too you're a d so you're a very direct don't waste my time type of guy as well too but then you're also kind of a calculated guy as well and you're kind of a mix of all four a little bit as well so I'm, that's that's usually the best type of thing for as far as like a business owner as well. And then you have your eyes who are kind of influencers. They like to talk. They just want to be heard. They just want to be listened to. They like to share their stories. That's kind of what was her side of things as well. Then you have your C's. They're very calculated, analytical, kind of reserved. They don't like to take risks. They're very questionable. So whenever you get on the phone with them, they're going to ask you, hey, how'd you get my number? Okay, your offer's that low. Why is it that low? I don't understand why it's that low, right? And so if, if you don't have a good answer to justify why it is or whatever, then they're not going to do business with you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had a lady, I wholesale the half million dollar house as well, too. This lady, she worked for, I, she was a um, former marketing director for IBM. So she was former marketing director for IBM, and I realized that she she was kind of a cat. She was definitely a calculated person because I had to spend two hours on the phone with her attorneys who were uh-huh. <laughs> who have real estate attorneys who practice, who practice law longer than I've been alive, yeah. which was, that was actually a pretty good, I thought most people wouldn't be intimidated, but it was actually a pretty good conversation. So I'll teach them a lot about subject two. They never even knew about subject two. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. But going back to the one that we were dealing with, it was more so of the fact that giving her that shoulder to cry on, which she mm-hmm. literally did cry on my shoulders, but also driving up that emotion as well too, right? So when one thing about people is that logically speaking, there's no logic behind selling your house for less than what it's worth. And so it logically doesn't sound right, right? So why do people make that decision to sell their house lower than what it's worth? It's because emotions are driving them. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. They need money, right? Which is, it's an emotional type of thing because there's something that's emotionally distressing them, right? And so you'll notice that a lot of people well, everybody, every human makes their makes their decision off of emotions, but people mm-hmm. don't realize that you make your decisions off of emotions because the emotional side of the brain is about 20 times more powerful than the logical side, right? Mm-hmm. The emotional side of the brain can process 1.2 million thoughts per second. The logical side of the brain processes 40 thoughts per second. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I train my guys to do is when, I, when we're negotiating is that we'd go into this is why when it comes to wholesaling, they say, hey, why does the person want to sell, right? We go into their motivation. Well, we deep dive into their motivation and we'll, we'll extract the information and then we'll start to, I mean, we'll go deeper and deeper and deeper until that mo- their emotions are on high. So now the seller realizes that, hey, how much of a problem this is for me? Hey, what if we were able to solve that problem for you? Don't right. talk about the money. What if we're able to solve that problem to you? How would you feel? And so that's how we're able to start get our deals that way as well, too. 
So that's kind of how it was for her as well, too. She just had a goal of going to California, and it was just the emotions was that she never, her husband had passed away, and he had taken care of, he had taken care of everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. she never had to pay any bills or anything like that. So it was the first time in her life in 35 years where she had to start to take care of things, and she just, she didn't know what to do, which is why she needed to go to California, because her family was there. So she, she had somebody to support her as well, too. All right, everybody, we're going to talk to you about our new sponsor for REI Society. It is PropStream, big data for real estate tailored for you. If you don't know what PropStream is, you need to get it immediately. PropStream provides unmatched access to detailed property records nationwide. They have more data, more features, and investor tools than any other service out there. Trust me, I know. Unlimited searches let you evaluate specific properties or search their database for over 160 million records, both on and off market, that meet your exact investment criteria. You get to target motivated sellers, find cash buyers, accurate comps, especially if you're not a realtor and you need to get accurate comps. And then you have much more with their precise filtering system. This software allows you to work smarter and not harder. PropStream has more data, more features, and investor tools than any other product or service on the market today. You can identify your investment criteria, search, evaluate, and target. That's crucial, guys. PropStream's built-in marketing features make it easy for you to reach your prospects through customized postcards, email campaigns, landing pages, and ringless voicemails. You want to know where you can find properties left and right, you can do it through PropStream. This is where we get our best deals. Go to trial.propstreampro.com forward slash REI society. This is going to get you a seven day free trial that you get to play around with. And if you text me, if you text me PropStream on my phone number, I will send you a live webinar that we did way back in the day that can tell you all about how to utilize this the correct way. So text 404-341-2897. Again, 404-341-2897. Text PropStream to this number, and I will send you a link to a video that teaches you how to utilize PropStream. So go ahead and subscribe today, trial.propstreampro.com forward slash REI Society. Again, trial.propstreampro.com forward slash REI Society. That's going to get you your seven-day free trial. So you feel like the key to negotiating is listening? Oh, 100%. 100%. Active listening. And so we use certain keywords when we're on a conversation with sellers well too like so let's just say like and like, i do i do the drills with my sales guys as well too they like they, and they they hate it but they love it too because it's crazy what we'll do we'll start off and i remember we were talking about it so we'll use uh, just a tip that for people to use right so I'm especially from negotiating or just talking to people on the phone right if then whenever they start to get to their motivation motivational points and stuff like that we use a couple of Chris Voss methods, which is when we use the labels and mirrors, right? And so we'll place a label on what people are feeling. So a label is, it seems like, it sounds like, it feels like what I'm hearing, or you seem like, you sound like, you feel like. So I remember we did a drill with one of my sales guys that we asked the question about, hey, what is your favorite food Yeah. and why, right? He's like, hey, I like steak. And then we asked why, right? So, and he started bringing it up like it's something that me and my dad used to have memories on. It's, and then was, it sounds like you and your dad had a really good connection. And then we, that's all we do. We'll just, just say a statement like it sounds like you and your dad had a good connection and you would shut up, right? And then what people will do is that they'll continue to talk. Yeah. Is that the mirror or is that the label? That's the label. Hey, not, not to stop you, but have you seen Chris Voss's uh, mastery teaching? He's got mastery.com. Yep. 
oh my god it's so freaking phenomenal i've got his book uh-huh. it's the difference i've i've listened to it on audiobook i've read it in print i've watched the mastery like i just want the guy to come back to atlanta because i missed him last time i want to get like stroke his shoulder or something <laughs> but yeah yeah keep going man I'm, yeah I'm, oh yeah oh yeah i'm mesmerized yeah, his, by yeah, his, his teaching stuff is really good Oh yeah, no, John Martinez. John Martinez is a really is a really good a really good negotiator for investors as well too. Well, yeah, yeah. So if that's the label, what's the mirror? I mean, you know, I I know some of this stuff because I've already read it, listened to it, and so on. But for the audience yeah. who hasn't listened to this, and you're teaching on negotiation now, what is the mirrors? Okay, so mirror is pretty pretty much when you repeat repeat the last one to three words yeah. of somebody's statement. Same as so let's just say. You said, hey, I like cheeseburgers. I will say, I'll repeat it back in the inquisitive tone. So basically in the questionable tone is like cheeseburgers, right? It's always, and then it's like, always yeah, with like a question mark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's always with a question mark. You want to make sure that it's always with a question mark so they could extrapolate the information. So you throw it into a conversation to where like you, and then also asking calibrated questions about who, what, when, where, and why. That's one way. And then also we focus on building rapport as well too, right? So right. rapport is the connection that you share with people subconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that when you're in rapport with somebody, I'm pretty good when I'm talking to sellers that I can force rapport mm-hmm. like, and I can just make it like so natural as well too. Subconsciously, most people don't realize that if you were talking to a friend right now and you guys were in a deep conversation, you wouldn't realize that you and your friend are actually mimicking each other, right? So if your friend crosses his legs, subconsciously, you're going to cross your legs as well, too, and you don't realize it. Yeah. But you're in a state of connection. That's that rapport. So what we like to do is we like to establish that connection with people as well, too. So we do it one or two ways, right? So if we're in person, we're mimicking their body movements, we're mimicking their breathing. But then also, you know, we're finding relative common ground as far as like whatever they say, as far as like, hey, I like dogs, I like cats. Hey, I like dogs and I like cats, too, right? So like, don't say it to someone you hate dogs and they say they like dogs, right? That right there, you breaking rapport, but... Another thing as well, too, when we're talking about over the phone is I focus on tonality, right? Tonality in the musical sense is that it's when our couple notes are in harmony. So, but in a conversational sense, it's when you're matching that person's tone. So if you, and you'll catch me on the phone as well, too, which I'm really, really, really good on the phone. If you go to my office and you see me on the phones, I'm really good on the phones. People know that about me. How are you in person? How are you, um... Do you feel like you're better on on the phone or better in person? I'm I'm good at I'm good at both. I'm good at both. When it I don't I'm pretty much I'm kind of an awkward, quiet person. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when it comes to business and like it comes there's there's a transaction at the end of this, I am I'm your therapist. I mean I've had I mean I've I've been in a room of white supremacists. Didn't realize they were white supremacists until after, but we were laughing the whole entire time. We were laughing the entire time. But then I Justin will tell me, Yeah, yeah, that guy's a white supremacist like after because of the fact that we we actually have a guy now who's in one of our properties. We buy his house too, but he was a white supremacist. Didn't realize I didn't know at the appointment because he was really cool. Like we were really, really, really cool. And then after him and Justin were having a one-on-one conversation and then he was just bringing up a couple of race stuff and yeah. 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 You know, you know, I, um, we're in awkward times. Like I guess, I guess America has still has not become what they originally set out to be. So now I yeah. guess we're going somewhere. I don't, I try not to get political shit, but America set out to be the land of the free and to be abundant and this and that. And we just never have gotten there. We've never been yeah. that in that place of freedom of liberty and justice for all, like they say. And I, I remember you on, I think it was on Twitter, maybe it was on Facebook. 
you were up in Rome, Georgia. Wasn't it the, the Rome? They had the KKK rally in Rome. KKK rally. Like, come on, man. Like, this shit's still out there. This is unbelievable. Really? I mean, how does that make you feel yeah. as a black man in business? That's a no. I know that's a political uh, question, so, but how does that make you feel when you're in a room with white supremacists? Which I know you didn't know, but you're dealing with stuff like that. If you're going into a rural area, how, how do you feel? I want to. I want to understand. I could just tell when there's a couple of times where, like, if I go on an appointment with Justin and stuff like that, there's times where the homeowners would only address Justin, right? Mm. All right, and it was, we're out in the rural area as well too. So I mean, it, it's like if it affects the business. Don't get me wrong. And I mean, it does make me feel a kind of way, but at the end of the day, I feel like that I'm not going to use it as an excuse to hold me back from yeah. accomplishing what I need to as well, too. Yeah. And the only reason why I'd say that, man, because there's just too much on the line for me to start making excuses and sit back and say that like, I can't do it or I can't do it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I've, I've seen other people do as well, too, right? I've seen mm-hmm. Jay-Z go become a billionaire, right? I've seen, yeah. I've seen Dr. Dre become a billionaire, Michael Jordan become a billionaire, right? And so many other successful black men that I've seen that become that went against all out against all odds as well too. So yeah. I understand the reality of the situations that we have ignorant people in today's world. But at the end of the day, it's not a complete majority of people who are ignorant. Right. It's just those those one few. So why am I gonna let that those one or two instances hold me back and say that you know the cards like the cards maybe the cards aren't priced back against me? I'm not gonna even lie, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just gonna act like they aren't. Because in fact, it's it's what you create. It's your mentality and your mindset as well too. Your mentality and your mindset is gonna take you to where you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start to, to to create that negative space and that negative energy about like, hey, like the world is against me. I don't know what to do compared to, hey, the world is placing some obstacles. I'm just gonna run through them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's me. Like, hey, I'm just gonna run through them, and like at the end of the day, I'll work my way around under to the side or whatever, but I'm just going to get through these obstacles regardless because I have a mission and my mission is to establish, and my mission is bigger than me, right? It's to establish a legacy for my family and uh, give back to so much money to charity as well too. So that mission is bigger than me. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to make excuses. Speaking of family, I see you on Twitter talking about your future wife. (laughs) Like, like, look, if there's any female listeners, follow Jacques on uh, Twitter. He's searching. He's he's gonna treat somebody right. I'm telling you. <laughs> he, he, oh I, man, it, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's it's funny because I talk about it all the time. But man, like I even now, people get mad at me now because of the fact that I don't have time for. Like I literally, I don't have time for a relationship. I mean, even like anybody that texts now, they they're lucky to get a text back within like 12 hours. I, once I once I have some once I have some freed up time, man, I, I'll definitely. Cause I mean, one of my goals is to really settle down. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know some people they get to money and they start to live that that playboy lifestyle. I don't think that's for me. That Dan Bazarian lifestyle. Well, you know, you know what, man. I mean, I've been in business for 17 years. Uh, I was married young, 20 and 19. Had my my first kid at your age, at 21. Money can corrupt you, but it doesn't change you. So that, I know that sounds weird. So money will bring out the true nature of who you are. So yeah. if you're corruptible, it can corrupt you. If you're a good person, you'll do good things with that money. So yeah, man, mm-hmm. I'm, I, man I'm, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen with you in the next 10 years. I was, a, I was a millionaire by 30, literally like been in business for 10 years and I didn't have social media. I didn't have all the softwares we have now. And I was just, I didn't have, all the connectivity that we have, like all the young entrepreneurs like you do, or like you and others do, 
And it, man, dude, I'm so excited. What took me 10 years to create my first million? Because I lost it all like within seven years. That first seven years, right at the seven year mark, I lost it all because of 2008. And that's talked about that in other podcasts. And if anybody wants to hear about that, search, I don't know, some of the other podcasts. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, dude, like you got your whole life ahead of you and you're hustling now and you're making six figures, 10 years or hell, probably sooner. Let's just say five, you're making seven figures a year and you got people running the business for you. And dude, why, why you got to have a yacht? I mean, unless you just want one, why do you got to go do whatever? <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll, I'll pull that all together. Like your, your money doesn't change you, but it allows you to have more luxury. And for me, you know, I finally, after 17 years, my wife and I were like, you know, we want the house outside of the city, an hour out of the way outside of the city, three acres, the saltwater pool, 6,000 square feet. I bought me a $60,000 brand new Rubicon 2020 November, drove it before. Never owned a free, I've never owned a car that, that was brand new that I drove off a lot that was brand new. They're always used and and dude, I waited 17 years. So I think entrepreneurs delay their gratification. And dude, I'm 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 excited. Like here in the near future, I want to see an Aston Martin in my freaking car in my garage. I want an Aston Martin. But but I'm 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 building up to that point. But yeah, what I was going where I was going with this is like, dude, dude, life can be what you make of it. Like I put a board on my wall, and I guess people use print Pinterest now for dream boards. They don't really use you know vision boards anymore. But I had yeah. a, I had a big house that was a big white house on it and i think it was a picture of a house in buckhead i had it had the nice pool i had a red car nice. which i've got a which i got the house i've got the the red mercedes and then dude i hit i hit all those dreams and it's like i don't know what i want anymore now it goes to yeah what's next yeah now it's like uh, i want to start a, a non-profit i've been giving away money and i'm trying i'm not trying to take the highlight away from you by any means but i oh, want to no, give you're good you're good yeah i want to give the money uh i want to give money away underprivileged and people that do not know or that are not known the unknown and take them from ordinary to extraordinary so that people can learn more about them people that just haven't had a chance yet and we're doing that with nonprofits and things like that so it gets fun anyways like i'm saying that i'm building up to say it gets fun like you after after a while it's like you you accomplish everything you set out to now it's like what can i do to help others so that's where this podcast yeah. goes that I, you know, I don't charge anybody for this for my classes. I only charge a thousand dollars where other people are charging five, 10, 15,000. I'm just trying to help ordinary people rise up and to do more. And dude, it's, it's just a fun, I have more energy now than I've ever had. I feel like I'm 21 again. It's, it's crazy. And, uh, anyway, yeah, man, dude, yeah, man. It's yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you inspire me. It's like, dang, dude, I wish I was 21 again, really. Like I could just take everything I've already learned and all these books and, and money and social media and connectivity and, you know, hooking up with people like you and just rocking this thing. So anyways, yeah, man. Yeah. It's an inspiration just talking to you here and, and listening to you. It just kind of makes, it kind of makes me, like I said, it resonates with me. So yeah, thank you for that. And then yeah, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm over here talking too much. You got anything to say about that? <laughs> I'll shut up. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, no, so that's actually one of my goals as well, too, to start a foundation, like a personal foundation this year so I could start to start that legacy now so that whenever I get to point sixty five, because I remember me and my mom, and it's crazy. It's crazy how this all came to fruition, right? So me and my mom, when I was in eighth grade, uh, we would talk about, like, how, like, I was going to go to school to be a computer programmer, going to work a job, Stay up until I was 65, 
And once and I used to watch AGTV all the time when I was in eighth grade. All the time. I watched it religiously, right? Yeah. And so I always talked to my mom about like, hey, like I'm gonna flip houses once I retire at sixty five, mom. You know, like hopefully still alive. Fifty five, right? And I we're gonna make money. And then we're just going to go travel the world and just give it back. Yes, because, you know, like I said, my parents are from Haiti. And my mom always, like, sends money back to Haiti as well, too. So it's just something that, like, you know, I want to give back to the people who are, like, especially with the, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. That's the background I come from, right? No. And so just giving back to that. But then this gets crazy because if you had told me in eighth grade that, hey, so we're going to fast forward that dream of you flipping houses. So we're going to fast forward that. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you told me in eighth grade that I was going to be doing that at 21, I've been looking at you crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so that's why I was like, you know what? I think it's, it's God kind of fast forwarding it for me just because of the fact that he knew what my intentions were. So it's, right. I guess it's time for me to start and try to establish that as well too, just figure out just how to slowly just start to give back. I was going to think about, I was thinking about implementing something to where we were doing a $500 to $1,000 every single time we like wholesale or buy a house, we're just going to donate that much, that much, right. right? Whether it be a scholarship fund or anything of that nature as well, too. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm. I, I want to give away houses. You know, I want to. I want to eventually make so much money. I'm giving away ninety percent off ten percent. I mean, it's. I'm, I'll be thirty eight in three days. Nice. I guess I'm still young. Yeah, happy early birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just like, dude. I just. I wish I could be twenty one again. Take all this knowledge with me. And, and understanding of the worldview. But yeah, man, anyways, I say that to say like you're the right place at the right time. Well, look, so we've talked about operations. We've talked about negotiations. We've learned about where you've come from, where you're at, where you're going. And I just, I know we just talked about what's next, but what's next for the rest of this year, the next five, six months? So five, six months. So what I'm working on now is I'm working on, um, Pretty much what I just hired three more people working on the front end side of the business as far as like, and I mean, I've been doing intense sales training with these guys as well, too. So once we have them down, I'm about to make some tweaks to the system, our marketing system. We're about to make a lot of tweaks to that. And then also then we're going to start to expand as well, too. So I hired some more dispositions agents as well, too. So I'm going to work with them one-on-one and then get them built up. So we're going to start to look into heading into the Florida market as well, yeah. too. That's going to be our, our next kind of venture. But we're going to exp- continue expanding Georgia mm-hmm. and then head into the Florida market and then just continue to just to wholesale throughout those. And then uh, now also as well, too, we're, we're doing a lot of training with seller financing or mm-hmm. training as far as like structuring seller finance and subject to notes as well, too. Yeah. So just in case, uh, let's say, whichever way the market turns, we'll have, we can structure the, we could go the creative route as well as that. So it's better to have them ready in, in place and they already know so that when we're still contacting homeowners now, it's just a pivot to structuring creative finance offers as well too, or That's lowering awesome. offers, cash offers as well. Yeah. Well, we may, we may need to have you come back for a round two to teach about seller finance. And so my vision, I'm kind of like on my 3.0 of the podcast. Uh, originally it was an entrepreneurial general entrepreneurship with deep, cut interviews with entrepreneurs from all different types of businesses. And then, then it moved into the real estate arena where I was just interviewing anybody about any topic really. And it was just kind of like thrown around. Now I'm, I'm recording episodes starting in August. I'm going to start with topics every month. We will be presenting 
the topic of wholesaling and operations and systems. And then, you know, maybe September I'll come up with flipping or short-term rentals and everything's will be topically themed for that specific month. So month. One month we may do seller financing. So I'm, I'm actually going to my whiteboard after this and jotting out the next 18 months of topics. So I'd love to have you come back and teach some more and things like that. And then another thing I'm planning on doing too is thinking about building a West Georgia RIA and doing kind of what you guys do out there up in, I guess, Cobb County or, or whatever, but bringing real estate investors together and truly teaching them how to do this thing the right way. I think we're at a point where we've got a lot of value. I will shift to some rapid fire questions. What's your favorite movie or documentary and why? Um, I like The Founder. Is that the... Is the Michael Keaton movie? Uh, no, it's on, it's on Netflix. It's about um, Ray Kroc, the founder of um, McDonald's. Well, not the founder of McDonald's, the owner or CEO of McDonald's before. Um, it was just the reason why I like the movie is just because of the fact that like it's how he came into the business and like taking over McDonald's and taking it to the level that it is now about like systemizing it, getting operational, and just taking it to the next level. I like that. I like seeing that a lot as well too. Yeah. Yeah, and that is that is Michael Keaton. Uh, I'm a big movie buff. That's why I ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, you said it resonates. With oh, okay. For, for what? Oh, um, so it resonates with me just because of the fact that since learning about, I've learned so much about business within the past three months just from what I've learned from Preston and just like my other mentors as well too, who all have like multiple seven, eight figured businesses as well too. And it's all about having those systems and those operations in place as well too, right? Mm. It's all about being able to to the, having it so simple to the point that McDonald's, a multi-billion dollar company is ran by 15 year olds. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, how do how can you structure your business make, to make it so simple that you can put plug in a 15 year old and the output is that you plug in multiple 15 year olds, you have a billion dollar company, right? Exactly how they do it. And so yeah. me personally, I look at it as like having that system and that, that business that honestly, I'm a firm believer. You do not have a business if you cannot step away. If you if you step away from business and doesn't generate money, then you don't have a business. You are, you're self-employed. Yeah. In my in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, it's it's a tough transition from self-employment to business, but once you get it, I think you're on the uphill. What's your favorite guilty pleasure music? If you're just in a mood and you want to turn on Mariah Carey and start crying, like. What, not 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 specifically her, but I'm like, what's the guilty pleasure m- music that makes you excited or puts you in that mood? Music or uh, or, or song or artist? Uh, so music. Um, honestly, I I listen to some heavy like some heavy rock. Honestly, man. I mean, heavy metal type of thing. Especially if I if I gotta go to the gym, I'll listen to like the Tool, man. Five Finger Death Punch. Wow, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. you're you're there, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the stuff I grew up on, man. The nineties, man. What is your favorite book that you keep rereading, and why is it your favorite? Favorite book, I would say, is Traction by Gino Wickman about scaling, getting a grip on your business to scaling as well too. It sheds a lot of light on building a business. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. I've I've heard so many people talk about it. I gotta, I need to read that very soon. Once you read it, man, it's gonna open your eyes. You're gonna be like, whoa, like. I'm telling you. Is it best in print or in audiobook? Both. But I like the audiobook as well too. I like I think I like the audiobook a little bit more actually. But okay. the print the print actually has like diagrams and stuff like that as well too for you to follow along. So cuz there's like some diagrams for you to like model with your team as well too or if you're building a team or how to build a team as well. All right. Well, if you were to give a TED talk, now we're going to a quick business question. 
if you were to give a TED talk on something that nobody knows anything about uh, that you are an expert on, what would that TED talk be about? It would be on how to read people, how to read people, but then also how to leverage and build relationships. Yeah. Or I'll talk, what I would talk about is the topic that nobody ever talks about, how, how relationships are assets. That's all we talk about. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect place to end this podcast. Do you have a specific ask? Actually, give us a specific ask if you have one for the audience, and then also let us know where they can follow you. Um, so one thing I just ask of the audience as well, too, just that, and it's a question that I guess I'll just leave them with just to kind of self-reflect as well, too. The, the one question I would just say is that just look at how you move in, in life and ask yourself the question, what's the story that will be written about me when I'm gone? That's wow. a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a story. And that's a question I ask myself every single day because I live by, so, cause the reason why I say that is because when you ask yourself that question, what's the story that will be written? How's my, how's my eulogy going to be written? Or how's, what's the story that's going to be written about me when I'm gone? Is that you're going to, when you're starting to interact with people on your day-to-day basis, hey, what would these people say about me when I'm gone, right? Was I a good person? Well, did I actually leave an impact or was I like a piece of, like, you know? So it's just always a, it's just a, a question you should just always ask yourself as well too. So it's kind of just that, you know, what's the story that's going to be written about me when I'm gone? And then also, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter. I, I do a lot of content and ge- game gems on there is um, J underscore real business. So B-I-D-N-E-S-S. And then my Instagram is the same as well, too. I'm J underscore real business. And then or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn under my real name, Jock Pierre. And if you need, need help spelling, it's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. And then P-I-E-R-R-E. Well, Jacques, thank you so much for being here today. Great conversation, and I respect you for everything you're doing, and thanks for out there for teaching and training the next generation to keep on you know, doing what you're doing. So that's awesome. No problem. Thank you for having me, Brandon. It was really it's an honor.